0: Hi, my name's Kramer, and I am proud to admit that I am a mama's boy.
1: You're not just any mama's boy. You're a certified mama's boy. And this is the Certified Mama's Boy Podcast.
0: Tell me if you take this person back or not. Let's say you're dating somebody and uh, you're way into them, right? And then they're like, eh, not that into you. A few months later, they come back. They have a reason now of why they're much more into you, but... Is it worth a second chance? That's what we're going to talk about today on the Certified Mama's Boy Podcast. Everybody. (laughs) I had a friend text me the other day, and he was like, you know my wife has been saying? Everybody, a lot. And also, it's fine. It's fine. Everything's fine. Uh, yeah. <laughs> we say both those a lot on this show. Uh, this is a show that I started because my mom's got the best words of wisdom. They've changed my life. They will for you too. I know it. There's got to be a nugget of knowledge in every single show that will just make you be like, whoa, boom. She's so wise. And I'll introduce you to her right now. This is Nancy Yancey. Hi,
1: mom. Hi, honey.
0: Um, I did something for the very first time my whole entire adult life yesterday. And I need to know how far off I am from being a good adult on this because it seems like I'm, I may be a tad off. Um, I <laughs> sat down and I looked at my finances yesterday for the very, <gasps> f- well, maybe not the very first time, but in a long time. Yeah. And I don't say that because it's not like I have so much money to have to worry about it. It's that I'm so frugal that I would never, ever, ever go over my um, like my allotted amount of money every single month. Like, There's no way. I've really pad my life. So there's no way that I would ever want to even get close to going over how much money I would actually make just for myself. That's when I was making $20,000 and everything else. I just always really like to save a lot of money. So it's never mm-hmm. been a thing before. But now that my uh, my money is starting to run up on my severance, is I need to start looking and see how much it's going to cost for me to stay alive every single month, right? Right. And I know I mean I knew that my house was gonna be a big a big thing and so I you know I, I was already in there. But one thing that I looked at that I knew I spent a lot of money on was food. Mm-hmm. And I am not the best at food and food preparation because I don't like to cook. And mm-hmm. so I go out to eat a lot and I'll or obviously right now I'll do Uber Eats or mm-hmm. I'll you know have Chipotle delivered or one of those. How much do you and, and dad spend on food per month?
1: Um on just groceries? I would just say Not any kind of
0: dining, dining. Um anything.
1: At least a thousand dollars.
0: Yeah, you know, by myself, I'm a thousand dollars.
1: Wow. I'm a
0: thousand dollars by myself.
1: But, but I cook. We cook.
0: Yeah. We cook. Most I just have our house. Thousand- Dollars a month mm. on food. Let me Google the average. Mm. Let me type in like average.
1: <laughs> that just sounds so high to me. It is. I'm afraid it is, but you are in San Diego. If
0: cost were- per month for one. Hang on. We're going to Google this. I want to okay. see how far off. Okay. It says the average cost of groceries Okay. each month for one person ranges between $165 and $345.
1: Oh. "But you aren't (laughs) buying groceries," (sighs) <sighs> yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. the grocery part of your food bill is probably only 10% it's of it.
0: pretty low. Well, I've been buying more now. But the problem is I'm vegan, I'm gluten-free, I try mm-hmm. to eat organic and healthy stuff, and that just adds mm-hmm. up. That gets like mm-hmm. really, really expensive, right? Mm-hmm. It says it the average cost per of uh, food per month for the typical American household is about $550, okay? Mm-hmm. So with that being said, that's the average household cost in america mine alone is double the average
1: well that's probably for a family of four too <laughs> i know that's what i'm saying <laughs> oh, how in gosh. the world am i spending so much money on food because of what you just said you're eating specialty items
0: Oh, I mean, one reason I'm going to go broke on all this this food.
1: (laughs) I mean, one reason our food bill is higher is because we eat organic, and I'm gluten free. Yeah, Um, you know, so yeah. I mean, it costs more, and I'm basically vegan as well. I'm more of a vegetarian, but um, yeah, I mean, it's expensive to eat organically. It just is.
0: I would genuinely be curious on how much money you spend a month on your food bill. And you don't have to call, but you can just send me a DM on Instagram. I'm that guy, Kramer. Like, that just sounds like when I'm looking at things I have to, like, cut. Because my my life really is not that extravagant. Like, mm-hmm. I have a car payment, which is not that much. Um, I, have, of course, have my my... I'm a house mortgage Mm -hmm. and so that's my biggest expense Mm -hmm. Um, and then I really don't spend a lot of money on other things like I have Mm -hmm. an audible account that costs me eight dollars a month (laughs) I have Netflix which is like ten dollars a month you know I got my cable bill and I got my internet bill and uh, my websites you know that I host for my personal stuff and my my radio stuff and that's really about all I have that I mm-hmm. pay for. So when I'm looking at it, at first I'm like, oh, this is fine. This is fine. This is fine. Until I got to the food part and I was like, I've got to figure something out. I don't know.
1: You know, it's interesting because um, I think I look at food as an investment in our health. So, I, you know, in my mind, we're we're eating healthy and we're doing good things for our bodies. and
0: right. You know,
1: um, I mean, I do, I look at it as an investment, but I can also tell you that from working with families in poverty, their food bills would be off the chart too, sometimes for buying junk food.
0: I know that whatever I have in my house is what I'm going to eat. So I've been doing this, this food prep service called um, uh, Thistle that delivers (laughs) gluten-free vegan meals. So I know that like, if I want to call and like, you know, if I because I, I know if I if I try to cook it myself, I'm just gonna eat just complete garbage. And they bring me salads right. and other things. But right. it's I mean, it's it's pricier because it's prepared, right? It's just life's expensive. It's so I can't imagine I don't know how people afford having kids. Everyone oh, asks no. me, like, are you gonna have kids? And I'm like, I don't know if I'll ever be able to afford having a child. I don't mm. know how it is possible for people to have kids and afford them.
1: I mean, if you have a family, you just make choices. I, I
0: can't afford I can't afford to feed a family. I can't afford $4,000 a month in groceries. If one is $1,000,
1: I can't do $4,000 a month. You have to cook and you have to simplify your life. Oh, it's
0: fine. It's fine. It's (laughs) fine. It's fine. Uh, You found an article you sent me this morning. You want to talk about it? Um,
1: Yeah. So this article is written um, by a gentleman named Tom Stevenson. And it's what we think is what we become. But what I loved about it was the Buddha quote that I had somewhat forgotten, but it's the mind is everything, what you think you become. Mm -hmm. That's the quote. Um, And he says, there's truth in the statement. If you can control your mind, you can dictate the course of your life. You can either be held captive by your thoughts or set free by them. Whichever one you choose will determine the quality of your life. That is so true. Mm -hmm. You are what you think.
0: Talk um, me through that.
1: Well, if you have, if you are um, a positive person and you think that that you are capable of doing great things in this world, you will do great things in this world. Mm-hmm. I, mean, I, I think that, um, and, and the other side of that coin is, if you think you are worthless and good for nothing. Or to anyone, then that is what your mind creates, and that is right. what you become. You become worthless, not only to yourself but to anyone. Um, I think that is one of the greatest blessings of my upbringing from my parents was that I. They never said they never said it, but just in the way that I was treated and respected. I believed that I could do and be anything in the world I wanted to be. I -hmm. always believed that. And I hope that I have passed that on to my children. Um, Well, you did. Words and actions. Um, To
0: my own detriment at times.
1: (laughs) Well, I mean, you have to be real with yourself. But when things aren't going the way you want them to, you need to step back and assess why not. Mm -hmm. ask the question, why not? Why is my life a mess right now? What is it that I am doing? Or what is it that I have control over? What can I change about that? Um, So that I can be the person that I was created to be and to be my best self. I mean, that is what it is all about, being our best self, always. Um, I love the commencement commencement speech that you're going to um, talk about later today, because it certainly um, alludes to that, about being our best selves. And it's not about gender. It's not about gender. Certainly, it has been harder for females, but honestly, I, I never believed that because I was a female, I couldn't do something.
0: I always tell my mom one of the biggest strengths and and the biggest difficulties that she ever gave me was the fact that I can go out and do anything. And of course, my mind was always said, I'm going to do a radio show. And because of that, it has been really great. And I've done, you know, I've always felt really uh, empowered and really good and really um, like, I can do this. And then that's also the problem, though, too, I kind of wish you wouldn't have shared that as much of like, hey, you can do anything, but you don't necessarily have to do it. You could just, you know, you could just go get a stable job and just live at home or live in the same, you know, town you grew up in. Everything will be fine with that, too. Um, Well, it will if that's where your
1: heart leads you.
0: I feel like I've become such a daydreamer because of you
1: Hmm. that...
0: It's almost uh, and 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 most of the things that I've I've wanted in my life have come true mm-hmm. to either my own detriment or to my own success. Right, mm-hmm. like. I always wanted to have like a hot wife. Well, I got one and it wasn't so great. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, I always wanted to the radio career and I've had a lot of great moments and I've had a lot of not great moments Mm -hmm. because I always had, I never felt like there's anything I couldn't do. Now that's obviously coming at it from a white man's point of view of like, Mm -hmm. well, I'm a white man. So obviously I can do whatever I want, but Mm -hmm. I've never felt uh, that I shouldn't or I couldn't live up to or, or do something else that I've never wanted to, uh, set my mind to. I know Mm -hmm. I've always, would I be able to do anything that that I wanted to do, right? So Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um, I never said it
1: would be easy and I never said it wouldn't be challenging. It is challenging. I mean, following your dream is challenging. Knowing your dream is challenging. Most of us die never having realized what our dream was in life. And to me, that's one of the saddest things ever because it's such a missed opportunity. It's a missed life. It's challenging, and it's it's you know what Ram Dass calls life curriculum. It's a struggle, but through all those struggles, you grow and you learn and you become stronger and you become better to better able achieve your dreams. Well, we're gonna see. Mm -hmm.
0: To be determined. Mm -hmm. Um, It actually is a nice transition into uh, today. So in case you don't know, this whole entire week, what I'm doing is a commencement speech week because I feel so bad for the class of 2020. And since they're not really getting much of a commencement for their achievements, either high school or college, that I've decided that we would spend this week and look at the some of the best commencement speeches that have ever been given. And I've been doing research, I did research this weekend, like which ones I liked. And um, today, and I'm glad to have you on here for this mom. Uh, today, we're going to play a little bit of her name is Chimamanda mm-hmm. Ngozi Adichie. Mm-hmm. Chimamanda Adozi Agichi, And this was over in 2015 over at Wesley college. Well, and sweet. she is, what I say,
1: Wellesley. You said oh, Wesley. Wellesley College. Sorry. Yeah, Wellesley
0: College. Mm-hmm. And she is. I don't. I honestly didn't know her until I, I listened to her speech. But she has a highly acclaimed author, and she wrote a book called Americana. She's a big feminist and leading the way in that too. And um, she this speech, which we're only going to play a small portion of, is pretty interesting. She goes into her dad and how he was like when she gave the speech like the week before he was just captured. Over in, um, over in Africa and how he was held up for ransom. It was kind of like, whoa, that's, that's mm. crazy. Uh, she does talk about a lot about feminism mm. and uh, she does talk a lot about being who you are. So that's kind of where I want to pick up. It's almost the last five minutes of her speech. So we're going to go ahead and play this part here.
2: So all over the world, girls are raised to make themselves likable, to twist themselves into shapes that suit other people please do not twist yourself into shapes to please. Don't do it. If someone likes that version of you, that version of you that is false and holds back, then they actually just like a twisted shape and not you. And the world is such a gloriously multifaceted, diverse place that there are people in the world who will like you, the real you as you are. I'm lucky that my writing has given me a platform that I choose to use to talk about things I care about. And I have said a few things that have not been so popular with a number of people. I have been told to shut up about certain things, such as my position on the equal rights of gay people on the continent of Africa, such as my deeply held belief that men and women are completely equal. I I don't speak to provoke I speak because I think our time on earth is short, and each moment that we are not our truest selves, each moment we pretend to be what we are not, each moment we say what we do not mean because we imagine that is what somebody wants us to say, then we are wasting our time on earth. I don't mean to sound precious, but please don't waste your time on earth. But there's one exception. The only acceptable way of wasting your time on Earth is online shopping. <laughs> OK, one, one last thing about my mother. Bless her. My mother and I do not agree on many things regarding gender. There are certain things my mother believes a person should do for the simple reason that the said person is a woman such as occasionally nod and smile, even when smiling is the last thing you want to do, such as strategically give in to certain arguments, especially when arguing with a non-female, such as get married and have children. Now, I can think of fairly good reasons for doing any of these, but because you are a woman is not one of them. And so... Class of 2015, never ever accept because you are a woman as a reason for doing or not doing anything. (laughs) And finally, I would like to end with a final note on the most important thing in the world, love. Now girls are often raised to see love as only giving. Women are praised for their love when that love is an act of giving. But to love is to give and to take. Please love by giving and taking. Give and be given. If you're only giving and not taking, you'll know You'll know from that small and true voice inside you that we females are so often socialized to silence. Don't silence that voice. Dare to take. Congratulations. So, Mom, what did you, what did you take away from
0: this, uh, from this speech?
1: Oh, I, I love the fact that The expectations from her family and, I guess, her culture, because she came from a well-educated, probably higher-class family in Nigeria, was that she should become a doctor, and she started to med school. But she knew that was not what she wanted to be, that what she wanted to be was a writer. Um, And she says that, what I felt then was not courage, but a desire to make an effort to try. I could either stay and study something that wasn't right for me, or I could try and do something different. And I decided to try. Oh Mm -hmm. my goodness. I love that. I love that. And then, because if you don't try, you never know. And you'll always wonder. You've talked about that. Right. Um, And then in the end, which I'm assuming that you'll play. she talks about, to think about what really matters to you. Uh, think a little more. Think about what really matters to you and think about what you want to really matter to you. And don't twist yourself into shapes, into shapes to please. Don't do it. If someone yeah. likes that version of you, that version of you that is false and holds back, then they actually just like that twisted shape and not you. And the world is such a gloriously multifaceted, diverse place that there are people in the world who will like you, the real you, as you are. That
0: really spoke to me really, really hard because, you know, for a lot of different reasons in my life, probably the last two years, over like, could I start a podcast that's not based around like, radio yuck yuckness and then like really just tr- be myself and show my true colors and come in here and be completely as authentic as humanly possible and people still listen to it right mm-hmm. and i also when it came to dating again
3: mm-hmm.
0: and i had to there's so many things about me that i don't feel and i've shared this with you multiple times we'll kind of break it down a little bit more but how i don't really feel like i fit in to a lot of the norms. Mm -hmm. And there's a lot of things that I find when I was going to start dating made me really uncomfortable because I didn't know how they were going to be received. One is like as a divorced person, Mm -hmm. like how is, you know, how is that going to make me perceived in the dating world? Right? Like, can Mm -hmm. I date people that never married before? Cause I'm still at this young age where I, well, I'm in this weird transitional age where, you know, I can still date somebody that's never been married probably because I get married so young in the first place. Yeah, so it wouldn't be such a weird thing. But how is that going to be perceived? Well, I don't know. If that's going to be perceived. Uh, you know, I don't drink, and that was a big. That made me really super nervous because I was like, "Well, who's going to want to date a guy that doesn't drink? Mm. Uh, you know, every, that that just sounds weird. That sounds crazy. What, what kind of crazy person is that? <laughs> uh, you know, I'm vegan. And I was like, I don't know how that's going to be perceived. Like, does anybody want to hang out with a vegan? Like, oh my gosh, that's crazy. I don't don't love sports. I don't do the stuff like regular masculine guys do. Mm -hmm. So can that be perceived as desirable? And I wasn't sure for a while. I knew that I loved myself, but could I be loved... And I, and I do love those things about myself. Like I'm, Mm -hmm. I'm, there's so many things about myself that I do love as much as I, there's things I don't Mm -hmm. love. There's a lot of things about myself that I do love, but I just didn't know if there would be people out there willing to love me for who I was and -hmm. the way I was. And I remember when I first started dating and I did this mostly for the radio, but I got on a couple of different dating websites. Right. Mm -hmm. And I remember putting on there, like, you know, questions, they ask you questions, like, do you drink? And you know, do you smoke? and you do this? And and I, you know, I put no for drinking. I had a couple of different people like, oh, you shouldn't put no. Oh, don't put no. Just leave that question off. Just leave it blank because... No one's going to, you know, that's going to be too much for them. And I just, I don't know. I guess I'm so glad that Mm I was able to meet so many women that were, were okay with it. It really Mm -hmm. wasn't none of it. None of the things that I feared people were going to dislike me for, they actually disliked me for now they may have disliked me for other reasons, but they didn't, (laughs) they didn't dislike me for the things that I was so fearful about getting in back into the dating world, you know? Yes.
1: Yes. I want to talk to
0: you too a little bit more. And I, you know, in this, a lot of her speech, it's about a 20 minute speech and you can go to the show notes to listen to the whole thing if you want to. Mm-hmm. But she is, uh, she talks a lot about feminism and kind mm-hmm. of like how to be a productive feminist. And this is obviously 2015 when she gave this speech, but I think it still speaks well to, uh, to today. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, just about how to make feminism a normal thing. Uh, don't make it feel like it has to be some kind of outline. Like you're not like, Oh, I'm a feminist. And that makes me so different than everybody else. Other than mm-hmm. like, just kind of just, just be, just be a, a, a person that supports women and, and equality. And it doesn't have to be such a, a grandiose production. Right. Which I really, I agree with. I mean, I'm a, I'm a huge feminist and I love women. And I yes. love supporting. Uh, I, I don't see a, a huge difference when it comes to the abilities of men and the abilities of women, um, I don't see any other than I think that women are actually probably a lot more qualified for a lot of jobs than men aren't. <laughs> um, but I I know that that, that definitely exists. But I want to talk to you about because you were the CEO of this nonprofit. And did you ever feel? I mean, I guess a couple of different things I want to talk to you about because you're, you know, you're in your 60s now, and so you kind of saw the feminist movement has definitely or just women's um, I don't want to say place, but the perception of women has changed mm-hmm. over the last couple of decades. And I want to kind of talk to you about that from like when you even like graduated high school and maybe, mm. maybe even met dad all the way through mm. being the CEO of a company. And did you feel mm. like in your life, have you felt that struggle?
1: Mm. Definitely. And particularly when I was younger and first married, because I I truly grew up in a home where a woman's place was in the home. And my mom took care of everyone in our family, and my dad was the breadwinner. Now, later on in my life, around uh, 13 or 14, my mom went to work with my dad. Um, And that was different, and that was great. So when I married, yes, I played into that exact model. I took care of everything. Jim was going to be the, be the main breadwinner, and you know I was going to be the mom, and that's what I wanted to do, and that was great. But then things shifted. I mean, as time went on, you know, roles sh- roles our roles shifted um, as the kids got older, and I got into the workplace, and He, you know, was a little more responsible at home. He worked from home for a while. So that was great because he could be there when you guys were there, even though, you know, I wasn't. Um, So, yeah, you just have to work that out with your partner. But never, never in the workplace have I ever felt discriminated against.
0: So as a woman CEO, Mm -hmm. you never felt like that was a disadvantage for you?
1: Never. Never. That's great. And perhaps it's because I was in health and human services, and that's a, a very nurturing, caring environment. And it's very, um, it's it's very typical for women to have those roles in that sector. And so it was, it was always exciting to me to see a male in that role in health and human mm-hmm. services. Mm-hmm. Um, because, you know, as women, we're nurturers and we're drawn to those kind of caring professions. But men are taught that that's kind of wimpish, right? Right.
0: Um, well, what so about th- as a deacon in the church? Did you feel like that's, a, that's probably a pretty male-driven
1: <laughs> yeah, spot? Yeah. Yeah yeah but I never no I never felt like anyone resented me because I was a woman Of course there had been women before me you know I, I mean by the time I was ordained there had already been a class of deacons before me um, and women had been in the church for you know 20 years close to 20 years I guess yeah um, so you know I think some people probably resented me but they didn't they didn't show it. Mm-hmm. But they didn't let me know that. Um,
0: and what about when you were when you were married or when you just got married to Dad mm-hmm. like and maybe when you went into the workforce, do you think that granny, that was my dad's mom? Do mm-hmm. you think that she felt like you should be out getting a job or that no, that that oh. your place was still in the household?
1: Oh no. That would have been okay for me to have a job as long as I could do everything else for him and the family too. Mm. And certainly she was not, um, she was not favorable towards my ordination. She Um, wasn't? No.
0: I didn't know that.
1: No. You know what's really
0: funny? I'm going to tell you some backstory, some family backstory here really quick. I never would have known that my mom and my grandma, my dad's mom didn't like love each other immensely (laughs) until, my grandma passed. Like you guys in front of me always had a good face. At least I never Mm -hmm. felt that tension between you guys until Mm -hmm. after she passed and kind of talking about the family more. I was like, Oh, y'all didn't, y'all didn't like each other, huh?
1: (laughs) Well, we loved each other, but we disagreed about a lot of things. Mm -hmm. Um, but she was a wonderful, wonderful grandparent to you all. And so Mm -hmm. that's the eyes I saw her through and she's, and she's a wonderful mom to Jim. So, I looked at her through those eyes, and and seeing that love that she had for all of you was fun, and she loved me too. I mean, we loved each other, but we disagreed about a lot of things. We had right. a lot of disagreements,
0: which is so funny to me. Oh, <laughs> Granny, y'all always yeah. just seem so
1: happy-go-lucky, happy-go-lucky
0: <laughs> over in the Yancey household. Little did oh, I know. I mean,
1: we didn't so, we didn't argue or fight or anything. We where just did you disagree. guys, what did you
0: butt heads the most over? You think?
1: Um. Probably most around my ordination, and what was the
0: what was the issue? Because now, just a quick backstory is that my mom is ordained in the Episcopal Church, church meaning she can be a deacon in the church, which is kind of like a vice, <laughs> like a vice preacher, <laughs> if you will.
1: Oh no, no! In the Episcopal Church, there are bishops, priests, and deacons, and uh, they all have very different roles. And I like to say that. Deacons are the outreach ministers. But she just felt like, you know, men, men should be in charge. I mean, that's how she grew up. Now, keep in mind, my
0: grandma passed when she was, how old was she?
1: No, 91.
0: 91. So, and Mm -hmm. and she was born then in what, 19, Mm -hmm. whatever. And she was also, uh, but she was also, part of the Episcopal Church, so it it meant a lot to her.
1: Yes. That's just crazy. It's
0: just so funny to me, just like the time (laughs) difference, and especially as a woman, you know, that Mm -hmm. she would be like, nope, nope.
1: No. And I I think that even in her role, her professional role, um, as, um, you know, an assistant to a doctor, that she always knew he was in charge. I mean, he was in charge. He was the boss, and whatever he said was what you did. So let's talk about that
0: because it kind of comes back to the whole you know, femininity and fem- and women's roles. This is really gotten gotten heavy. Um, can you blame
1: her for that? No, I don't blame her for that. I don't because
0: it's almost like when I because I'm from Georgia and there's a lot of people that I have grown up with or have come in contact with um, that are not as. Progressive mm. as I am, mm-hmm. and I, I don't hold it against them. I don't agree with them, mm-hmm. but I also don't hold it against them that it's like a. They just don't know. They just right. don't
1: know. They and don't know. They just. I don't, I don't agree know.
0: with them, but I also know that there's no changing my mind. Now, keep in mind, when Granny was born back in 1920 or whatever. I mean, mm-hmm. yeah, she would have been born in 20 something, right?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: Um. That or. Mm-hmm. Yeah, somewhere around there. Yeah, that yeah. she, you know, that was how it was. I mean, truly, men men were in charge. Oh,
1: absolutely. Was she
0: was just taught that. I mean, there are things even over the the progression of my life mm-hmm. that even I've had to like reassess.
1: Mm-hmm. And I think as
0: you get older, you just don't want to reassess as much. You know, you mm-hmm. you, you stop learning, you stop growing because your circle kind of gets smaller again.
1: Yes, and it so. Does.
0: I, I don't know that I can blame her
1: no, that's no. right. no, I don't blame her. We just agreed to disagree you know and how
0: would you handle that how like the things what would she say to you exactly like, like she's like, oh, women shouldn't be deacons.
1: Oh, just that you know she thought men should run the church mm. you know that she didn't think that was a place for a woman um and she had a, you know, she had a trip planned for my ordination and she chose not to come, but to go on a trip. And, and honestly, that was okay for me because I knew that, that she, that she wasn't appreciative of it. Right. So.
0: but How do you handle that? Like, I, I think that really kind of comes into, there's probably still things happening and I, and I know they are. I mean, mm-hmm. we're not, we not to be dumb to say that there's so many things where men still run this world. Mm-hmm. Um, and. So, how did you handle that mentally, emotionally? When you get people saying mm-hmm. that's a man's role,
1: I just continued to be myself and to and to do my part and do what I was called to do. Um, and I think that you know, once people see you in that role, they start to learn to appreciate you, and you don't really have to say much about it. I mean, certainly, it wasn't that I rolled over and played dead, but no one ever really confronted me about it. Right, um, But I just I just held my ground and continued to do the work that I knew I was called to do. Um, and it was fun.
0: I think everyone that – if you're kind of intrigued in this conversation, go and watch the whole entire – I'm not going to put the whole entire commencement speech in there because I just – you can go watch it. The link's in the bio. But it does go into like feminist stuff that I think mm-hmm. kind of speaks to that a lot. So just how yes. you just – you just be, don't, don't get caught up in the whole, you know, everything else going on around you. You just be the best, you know, person you can be and don't just because you're just because you are a woman, right? don't feel like you have to act a certain way. So it's, it's really good. Anyway, uh, so there you go. There's our commencement speech for the day. We're running very late today, <laughs> okay. um, but that is Chim, uh, Chimamanda Ngozi Adichie. And mm-hmm. uh, you can find that whole thing over in the uh, the show notes and tomorrow we'll do another one. Okay
1: sounds great okay when we get back
0: we have to do ask my mom well we don't have to we don't have to do anything (laughs) we're choosing to do ask my mom when we get back (laughs) <laughs> no one's, We're not getting paid for this and no one's like holding our, our arm behind our back right now. So um, how it works though is uh, it's, it's you asking questions and getting some motherly advice and I'll, I'll kind of chime in too. He wants another chance. He's coming back after, uh, after, after rejecting her, but she's wondering because of his motive, is it worth it? And we'll get to it next with Ask My Mom on the Certified Mama's Boy Podcast. Okay, is he worth another chance? We're gonna ask that question here in a couple of minutes after he broke it off with her. Uh, I don't know. This is a tricky one. It's a tricky, and I can actually speak to it a little bit, so we can uh, talk about it in just a couple of seconds. With ask my mom and get your phone calls too. So hang on for that. Before we do though, I need to really ask you to do me and my mom a huge favor, and that is if you can please go take our new survey. This is a new survey. I know it, it was. I don't think I explained it well enough yesterday, but we have a brand new survey out, not the same one you took last time about the the growth of the show. And I have to get done this week because I have to cancel my Survey Monkey subscription. It didn't fit into my my budget for for next month. So um, <laughs> we got to get it done this week. So <laughs> if, yeah, if, if you like the show or if you don't like the show, uh, I really would just appreciate it since it doesn't cost you anything to, to listen if you would just take the survey. And somebody's going to win a Target gift card and it takes less than five minutes. So it's really important Please, 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 please. Um, it's really going to determine a lot of different things with the growth of this show. So uh, vote, you know, have your have your opinion mm-hmm. heard and right. how we're going to grow this show. I mean, you guys really decide how this goes. So uh, you can just go in the show notes. It's the very first thing listed or go to survey.certifiedmamasboy.com. And you have till Friday. That's going to be the date on that in case you're listening. You're Ben's listening to the 22nd because at the 26th, of my membership runs out. So I have to analyze the data before the 26th. So the, <laughs> the thing is going to be over on the, the surveys on the 22nd. Thank you for everyone that's taken it so far. Okay, ask my mom. Here we go. And if you've got something you want to ask my mom and, and us to talk about, please always, you can always send me a DM on Instagram. It is that guy Kramer on Instagram, or you can email me thatguycramer at gmail.com. Okay, no names here, but she said, I have a question for your podcast. Tell your mom hi. She seems like the sweetest. <laughs> I have recently been, uh, been dealing with my self-worth. I know that I have a way of letting men take advantage of me. And I know that if my mom was still alive, that she would be able to give me some good advice. And maybe you understand what I mean. I was dating a guy for five months. He is actually somewhat well-known in San Diego, though I'll leave his name out of it. He, until recently, owned a big business in town. Everybody knew him. He was very popular. After five months of dating, I told him I wanted to be exclusive with him, and he told me that he just wasn't ready to settle down with me, that his career was really big for him, and that he was just trying to keep things casual. Because of the coronavirus, his company that he was very well known for shut down. He lost a ton of money trying to keep it afloat and is probably going to lose his house soon. He called me a week ago saying that what a big mistake he had made, not taking things more seriously, and he had had—he uh, really hopes that we can give it another go. I feel really resentful over the call. I felt like this guy was really amazing, and just because he lost everything, now he wants to give it another try with us. I told him I'd really have to think about it. It's been, uh, it's been pouring, oh, he's been, but he's been pouring it on thick the last couple of days with flowers, calls, and sweet text is it worth giving this guy another chance when he didn't want me before his life went down the tubes? <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> mm.
0: Mm. And I edit, honestly, like I edit some of your, your conversations down. And I, she did go on to say how much she really cared about this guy, how like she really does feel a connection with him, but she just felt like it didn't, it just wasn't right. You know, mm. when she, when she wanted to be serious and he did not and now all of a sudden he wants to be, Mm-hmm. Serious again. Now that everything's kind of out of the way, so mm-hmm. um, is he worth another chance? I'll start with my mom with this one.
1: You know, I think that during this time of the Corona pandemic, one of the things that has really been uh, important is that we are starting to realize what really what we really value, what really matters to us. And it sounds to me like perhaps he has seen something in you that, or saw something in you originally, but perhaps his ego was so big that he couldn't accept you for just you. But maybe now that all of the material things have started dwindling away, he's realizing the value that you brought to his life and the person that you are. So I believe that if you care about this guy, that you should give him another chance and that you'll know pretty quickly um, because you had wanted to be exclusive and he didn't. You'll know pretty quickly if he's just into you or is just feeling like he needs a crutch right now. Uh That could be it too. Um, like he's losing everything. So he's grasping at straws. But I think, I think that, um, you'll know that pretty soon, but if you care about him and you think there's something there, I would give it a try because I think right now people are really starting to reassess their lives and what's important. That's kind of
0: what I fear though, is that, and I'll get into my situation in a little bit because I think that's kind of what she was alluding to, but I, really wonder is well when this is all said and done and you know he'll eventually get back on his feet and if if he didn't mean enough to you the first if you didn't mean enough to him the first time i mean then now all of a sudden you mean enough to him like don't wouldn't you want to be with somebody that really wanted to be with you no matter what the situation was
1: Hmm. that's another way to look at it you know yeah,
0: like okay. So going to my situation because I, you know, my I started dating like in summerish of last year, about mm-hmm. a year ago,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and I I really didn't want to get serious mm-hmm. because I uh, I mean for a lot of different reasons, but right. I just didn't really want to get serious, right? And right. then. I, when I, and I, of course, yeah, like I'm kind of, I I kind of on this ego trip of like, Hey, this is kind of fun. Like I've never, you know, really haven't dated in a decade. And there's all these women that want to talk to me and I've got this cool job and this cool car and this cool house. And like, (laughs) look at me, I'm so cool. (laughs) And then when I lost it all, uh, or lost, you know, a lot of it, um, I had to really check myself to make sure – because it was the same thing where I didn't really want to settle down with anybody. Mm-hmm. I wasn't ready for it yet for mm-hmm. multiple different reasons, right? But I just wasn't ready.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And I was very honest about that, that I wasn't ready. And then I found myself that like once all of the, the exterior was taken away, all the job and, you know, what came with that mm-hmm. – like what was, what was really important to me?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And so just to be completely honest, it's like right when I lost my job, I, I did want to like cling on to somebody. Right. Like I felt like I was losing everything. Yes. And so to cling on to something or somebody felt would feel really good in that moment.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And it's taken me, you know, it took me about a month or so to realize that I, I can't really make any kind of decisions in the mind space that I'm at. To be able to, uh, you know, to be able to make any rational decisions with where to go to my life, especially romantically right now.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And I fear, what I fear is that if she were to go through and give him a chance, that mm-hmm. I don't know that when things go back to normal, mm-hmm. that he's not just going to be like, well, I don't know. I'm not sure if it's
1: worth, it. know. Mm-hmm. you know? But she won't know that unless she does go back.
0: I just, I mean, like, here's my thing. I just want, personally, mm-hmm. I just want like a ride or die. You know what I mean? <laughs> you probably don't know that term. I don't.
1: I was just getting ready to say, <laughs> what does that
0: mean? Let me let me look up ride or die for my mom. <laughs> um, I think actually that the whole... Let me Urban Dictionary that. I think that's <laughs> Are a, you
1: saying ride, R-I-D-E?
0: Correct.
1: Okay. Ride or die,
0: okay? Oh, okay. <laughs> Here we go. Ride or die was originally a biker term, meaning that eh, – that's not what I want, though. Hang on. Let me get to you. Okay. It's now changed to mean anyone, a wife, a boyfriend, a best friend, that will ride, quote-unquote, any problems out with them or die trying – the ride doesn't always have to be a negative either. Obviously, if you are this close to someone, you want them to enjoy the ride of life as it has to offer as well. Mm-hmm. So I'll use it in a sentence, me and my girl have had some stuff thrown our way, but we're stronger than ever. She's my ride or
1: die. Uh-huh. And so that's what I'm saying. He doesn't sound like a ride or die. Oh. Like that's my concern. She'll never know until she goes back to check it out.
0: So you would go back? Interesting. I don't know that I would. Uh, anyway, eight uh, eight eight Kramer eight. Um, what do you think? Is this something that you would give a dude or a girl another chance when they were riding high? They want nothing to do with you, and then now when they kind of lost everything, they uh, they have second thoughts. So eight uh, eight eight Kramer eight. Please, your calls are really important on this kind of stuff. So mm-hmm. call. Them. All right, mom. It's getting okay. late over there. Okay. I love you. Love you forever. All right, here at the very end of the show, we give you the good news from the coronavirus. I'll start here in San Diego, actually, because uh, today Governor Newsom said he is going to, and this will be old news by the time it gets to you tomorrow, but is uh, going to start opening things up or at least give San Diego the right to start opening things up. And they could open up as early as this week. So that feels good as long as we're doing it in a safe way. That's not a real written out story. I just happened to get the headline as I was recording the show. Hey, okay, so we'll start today over in Georgia. There's a group called Love Beyond Walls. It is a nonprofit. And what they've been doing is they've been setting up these portable sinks, installing them all across the US as a means of helping homeless people wash their hands amidst the coronavirus outbreaks. I think it's cool. The guy's name is Terrence Lester, the founder, who actually found himself homeless as a teenager, told Katie Couric in this interview I'll play for you here, that said when he started Love Sinks In, the campaign was really and helps to support neglected people living in poverty during this pandemic.
3: We kept hearing from our community members, I'm supposed to wash my hands, but how am I supposed to wash my hands when everything is closed? Terrence and his team repurposed sinks from RVs for the homeless community. Right now, we're at 51 sinks. Uh, We're headed towards 100 sinks. The reaction has been phenomenal. Every single day we go out, there are people who line up and they're ready to wash their hands. I feel very grateful each day I get up and I get a chance to do this work. And I've devoted my entire life to this
0: service. Now, they've teamed up with um, different charities in Birmingham, Austin, Columbus, San Bernardino, New Orleans, Baltimore, New York City, and uh, to put in these these sinks, right? And at the very end of this interview, Katie Kirk surprised him by making a $10,000 donation that will install uh, 50 more portable sinks. So shout out to our friends over at Love Beyond Walls. And this story made me smile. I think it will for you too. So, you know, France got hit really hard, right? And there was this nursing home staff that uh, the director was like, listen, there's 106 people here statistics with elderly people across Europe, not good. We are not going to be one of those. Actually her exact quote was not mine. No, my residents have so much to live for. So what she decided to do was completely close off the building and she invited any staff members or nurses that wanted to join her in the lockdown. Uh, she thought was going to be a three week quarantine. Um, Luckily, she wasn't alone. 29 of her employees volunteered to stay and never left. They were bringing pillows and sleeping bags to spend the night with mattresses on the floor. Now, it turned out to not just be three weeks. It was 47 days a night. But 12 staff members retained, remained the whole entire time, all right? And they their determination paid off because as of Monday, they were all celebrating that 100% of all 106 residents came back negative for coronavirus after testing. And speaking of old people, because they make me smile, I found this video online today. It's uh I listen, I get it. As thirty-six, almost thirty seven, I'm almost like, where did the time go? It's crazy. And there's a guy that just turned or it is ninety eight, about two hundred ninety nine, ninety nine, and you just realized how old he actually is. Listen to this.
3: How old do you think you are? Seventy so nine. Higher. Eighty nine? Higher. Eighty nine? Higher than that? Yeah. Ninety, higher. Ninety-one, higher. Two, higher. Three, higher. Four, higher. Five, higher. Six, higher. Seven, higher. Eight. That's it. Ninety-eight. Your ass. <laughs> I am not ninety-eight
1: years old. Holy fuck. That <laughs> <laughs> gets so old. How do you get so old so fast?
3: Time flies when you're having fun. Oh you're you're going to be ninety-nine this summer. No, am I really? Yeah. You're going to be 99 this summer, and then next year will be 100. Yeah. Holy fuck. Jeez, I'm going to be an old fucking man. <laughs> you know it? <laughs> oh,
0: that's funny. Old people are cute. All right, that's it. All we got for you today. Uh, Call us, 888-Kramer8. I really want to hear about your opinion on, like, do you give a guy or a girl a second chance when they're, they're like, hey, I didn't want you when I was on the, on the ups, but now that I'm on the downs, do you want me? Uh, we'll talk more about that tomorrow with your phone calls. And I, it would mean the world to me for you to take our new survey, and it could be a Target gift card for you. So that's in the show notes or survey.certifiedmamasboy.com. And it's gonna make a lot of changes for the show. So love you. I mean it. I'll see you tomorrow. Bye bye. Hey Kramer, um,
3: this is Martha from Chilla Vista. I've been listening to you since you were on 933. And honestly, I don't know what it is about you that just feels familiar, like you're just like another friend. And I love listening to my friends and give advice whenever I can. And some advice I would give to you, which your mom has kind of said, but just what you hear from someone other than your mom, is that everybody has ups and downs. You're literally not alone in feeling that. The fact that you talk about it is good because you, you'll you realize that other people have been in the same situation and they may even offer advice or guidance. So keep being open about it. Don't feel like you have the worst of luck. Instead, try to flip it in your head. Um, I have a saying that I live by, which is fake it till you make it. For example, uh, with you having to sell your house, make it more exciting. Like start looking at places you would like to live, like an apartment you'd like to rent. Like I recommend North Park. There's lots of um, key places to hang out whether you're alone or with company. There's like coffee shops, restaurants, takeout, and it's all within walking distance. So just an idea, but um, keep doing what you're doing. Um, You have my Latina vote.
4: Hi Kramer, Uh, my name is Jessica. I am originally born and raised in National City, California. Um, I am now in Phoenix. Um, I did hear you know of you originally from Channel 933 when I lived in San Diego Um, I was completely shocked and really sad to hear when they let you go that's kind of when I started um, you know, wanted to keep up and know what was going on with your life I am very excited you decided to do this podcast so we can follow you on your journey Um, this podcast is a good thing don't doubt yourself Um, everything you're doing is great Uh, have faith I know your mom tells you that Uh, every day, uh, but you really truly have to have faith in what is happening and what will continue to happen in your life. Uh, This podcast is really entertaining. Everything you do, I really enjoy listening to it. Your mom is the cutest, most sweetest person I have ever heard on a podcast. She's so honest and I love it. Um, Please continue to do this. Uh, It doesn't matter if you really don't know what you want to talk about today just get on and talk about what you were feeling because we are all somehow feeling that as well please continue to do this podcast for all of us so we can continue to listen and follow you on your journey thank you kramer bye
1: okay that's it for today thanks for listening to my son's podcast certified mama's boy be sure to review and subscribe and tell your friends love you forever